Welcome to the Hope Unyielding podcast. I'm your host, Hope Johnson, and I have the privilege of hearing some outstanding people from all walks of life share stories of God's faithfulness in their lives. God knows that remembering His faithfulness doesn't come naturally. When He led Israel through the Jordan River in a miraculous parting of the sea, He knew the people would be quick to forget. Because of this, He commanded Joshua to set up twelve stones to serve as a memorial to the people of Israel forever of what He had done. The memorial stones of today are our stories. It's one thing to read about God's faithfulness in Scripture. It's another to look into the eyes of someone who has been in the depths of darkness you now inhabit, but who has come through them with praise on their lips. Whatever you're facing, I pray that the stories shared on this podcast will encourage you with the truth that God is always faithful, and whatever your circumstances, you always have hope. Today I'm talking with my good friend Brittany Tyrell. She has a condition called retinitis pigmentosa, which means she has low vision. And we are going to be talking about God's faithfulness in the process of getting her seeing eye dog, Valiant. It was an especially difficult process in the midst of COVID, but God's been really faithful. And I just love her story and I'm so excited for you to meet her. So thank you so much for joining me today, Brittany. You're very welcome, and hi, everyone. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, just so listeners can know who you are? Yes, indeed. Um, I I am an English major. I do love to write. I love Irish history, medieval history, so anything, anything involving Ireland, Scotland, England, or, well, England... Um, Cornwall especially, uh, Isle Man, you know, uh, I just, I love everything about it. I met Brittany through a young adult group called The Twelve Two about two and a half years ago, and we've been friends ever since, but that was kind of interesting because I had never, until today, I had never actually talked with Brittany about the technicalities of her eye condition, so I just learned a lot in the few minutes before we started this episode, but could you tell listeners a little bit about retinitis pigmentosa and what that means for your everyday life? Yes, I was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa, which is a genetic disorder. Some types are hereditary, but I don't believe all are. Um, All the, it's a category of, there's many different types, but essentially it means that one's uh, peripheral vision um, decreases as time goes on. Um, I was diagnosed when I was 14 or 15, but I've heard of people getting diagnosed when they're 7 or 8, or not until they're 40. It just all depends. Um, So I was pretty stable for years. I didn't need a white cane, which is... A mobility device. Um, it's it's about four. Mine is four feet tall, so to your sternum, and it's uh, white with red on the end. And sometimes there's a ball, or sometimes it's just a tip, and it just helps with detecting cracks and obstacles. Um, I found it relatively sometimes useful, sometimes not. 
Um, and I didn't learn it until about only, you know, a year and a half ago, like right before COVID hit, not even joking. Um, and this condition, um, it got worse for me like five years ago thing. I'm very, I've been getting more and more light sensitive. I can't really read very well just in a book. I mean, on screen, it's different. I have high contrast, uh, uh, a white lettering on black background. That really helps. And, you know, I can do that fine. But I can't read, nor- really can't read normal books very well. Mm-hmm. Night, I have, I've always had trouble with the night. That's very common with retinitis pigmentosis, night blindness. I can, I can see at night, but not, not well. I, I never went out at night. Like, never. Um, and when I was with people, you know, I, you know, hooked onto their elbow or, you know, held onto their elbow or something. That's called sighted guide. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I did that. It's where you just place your hand right above somebody's elbow and they lead you and you're like a half a step behind. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you decided at some point, maybe, I'm not sure how long ago that, it was time to get a seeing eye dog, if that was possible. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about that decision? Uh, was that a difficult decision to make? Kind of what emotions did you have about that? So I was excited but hesitant. At the time where I first got the idea to maybe I should get one, maybe it'd be a good, a good improve, would be a great improvement to um, moving around, you know, getting around more confidently, I should say is um, I still had my birds, my little cockatiel. She was very sweet. Um, and so even though the dog might be okay with Sammy, Sammy would not have been okay with my dog. Uh-huh. She would have not. And she was very, she was getting quite old at that point. So I couldn't do that to her. So she passed away about, I guess, a year and a half ago. And then I thought about over the summer seeing eye dog and my family was very encouraging about it. Um, and I was still on the, you know, because I'm like, what if my vision's not good? You know, like what, because you have to have a certain level of, uh, you have to have no vision or a certain level that would require a guide dog. So if you have too much vision, you can't you, they won't accept you. You have to, this whole application process, I had to get field vision tests, which, uh, you know, just measures your, your, yeah, your, I guess that's your field of vision. Um, so I did submit those. I'm like, oh no. So because I was so nervous, I applied to three and it was during COVID. Yes. It was during the pandemic. Leave it to me. I always (laughs) do something like this. I'm like, I don't care. So I started, I had to learn the white, cane first I hope I'm not um I had to learn the white cane first so I had orientation mobility instructor so they taught she taught she was great um she taught me to they're trained to teach you the cane and or um and then teach you different routes and how to get cross safely read traffic by hearing instead of so much vision I have some so you know I can see where the crosswalk is but, um, but listening for the, uh, for the right traffic to cross safely, things like that. Um, if you're nervous, um, 
I pretty much knew how to get everywhere because I've lived in Saratoga for so long. But, you know, she helped me with um, with the technique of the cane and getting across during intersections that I was still nervous to do. And so once, and then that had to cease because COVID hit. And then, you know, uh, so I learned, I had maybe two lessons and then COVID. And then we had to stop for months until maybe August, I think, July or August. And then we could pick up again. And so I finished that maybe eight lessons in total. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then I went, you know, spent the time with my, with my family. They were continued to encourage me. Mom was a little more hesitant. I mean, she wanted me to get one, but she was like, oh no, you know, you got exercise, care, you know, all that stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, so in, in October, was when, and then I had my Bible study, which started up in September, and uh, everybody was so encouraging. I was so mad using the cane. It was like a pride, I'm like, but um, the cane was, some people, the cane is good, and some people it's not. I didn't like using it. It was a pride thing. I'm like, I could have gotten it a year before I actually did, but I, but my pride kept me from using it because I didn't want the stigma attached to it Uh, you know like some like people kind of tend to stay away from you more or not talk to you as much um because they don't know what to say because you have the cane and also I got a little bit of negative attention not too bad from the cane from uh, creeps but anyway so but the only thing I I kept praying um and God answered my prayer in like the most rapid way because I decided to apply in September. It was more me. I, I'm not self-confident and I was worried that, you know, I wouldn't need one or would get rejected or something like that. That's just always, I'm, I'm not very self-confident. Um, but in October, I applied not to one, not to two, but to three places. And they're all near here. Um, the furthest one was where I got Valiant. Okay. Uh, from the Seeing Eye in Morristown, New Jersey. Wonderful place. I can't speak more highly of them. They were great. The other one was Guiding Eyes for the Blind in Yorktown Heights. And then the other one was the Guide Dog Foundation in Smithtown, New York. And that's the furthest one at Four Hours Way. I, I mean, there's a really good one in California, but why would I apply to that one? I have three really wonderful choices here. Um, and I did, and I just kept praying, and I wanted to get everything in by November, but actually, to be that wasn't possible. I did get everything in, but they still had to come and visit me, and, you know, so... By, I think, November 15th, everything was done, though, for the seeing eye. I'm, there, it's a whole bunch of stuff, but, um, but my application was all set for both actually guiding eyes and the seeing eye. The seeing eye, though, I mean, God was just so wonderful because every time I had a worry, every time, you know, I'm like, I haven't heard from them. I would literally get a call. I think the longest I waited was like 40 minutes. Like an email would come sometimes 10 minutes later, 
30 seconds. It was crazy. It was wonderful too, you know. Um, like God's like, don't worry about this. I've got it. I'm just, I'm, I'm there. I, you don't need, don't worry. And, uh, so, um, so I found out, I think it was early December that I, what did she, that, um, I was accepted early December. It was like two, after the home visit, it was, you know, like less than a month. It was crazy. So two week intervals, that's like almost unheard of, I think. I mean, to um, be honest with you, it did help that I, what they considered local. Um, and with COVID, I didn't have to get any COVID tests or quarantine. There were some people who did quarantine who came from other states and quarantine in like Morristown or around uh, for two weeks. So all they did was stay at a hotel. I, I, I didn't work for those two weeks. I kind of, I, for a while I had been substituting at the school as a teacher's aide, but I didn't, I, you know, didn't go anywhere. I didn't need to. I, I didn't want to risk anything. So, um, but they had, I felt so bad. They had to stay in a hotel and couldn't, you know, leave or anything. Um, so yeah, early December, I learned that I was accepted. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, Guiding Eyes hasn't, hadn't gotten back to me. Again, very good school, but, um, it was just the seeing eye that, uh, ended up. And then after I got accepted, two weeks later, they're like, we want you for the February class. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, it's happening. <laughs> it, it's really happening. I'm like, this is, I'm, um, one of the, the administrator assistant, she's really good, a very, very thorough. Um, she did say it's been known. I'm not saying it will happen, but they'll call you up like right, you know, right after you get accepted. And that's what happened. But it was only four months, only four months. That, that was absolutely wonderful. And, uh, God answered my prayer so I couldn't believe how quickly, how quickly. That was great. It was it was quick in that sense, but it was a long wait before, wasn't it? I just remember uh, in our Bible study every week we were praying yes, for you about yes. that for a while because it it was just there were so many uncertainties right. with COVID and with not knowing exactly how COVID going to prolong the process. But I just really love what you said about when you were worrying, when you prayed that God would give you a confirmation, I'm with you, I'm with you in this. Just keep waiting, keep trusting. And, I mean, we're sitting right here with Valiant right now, and he's already <laughs> made his way into my heart. Could you could you tell us a little bit about Valiant and just the process of having him chosen for you or whether you were able to choose how that oh. process worked? So when they call you up, that's because they have a dog for you or two. They usually have a couple, a couple dogs that they have in mind for you. That would be a good match because they look at your, how fast you walk. Um, the harness, I wish I could show you honestly, but, um, but how hard the dog pulls and how, you know, how fast they go, how hard they pull, um, uh, their temperament, where you live, who you're around, everything. So they did, they, that's what the home visit was, was covering 
everything, every aspect of my life pretty much. And I just needed a dog that was good around elderly people as well as little kids because I um, help out with my Sunday school, which is called Kid Adventure. Um, Kid Adventure, I should say. And so in their three, four, and five-year-olds. So I needed just a well-rounded dog, and Valiant certainly is. So they chose him for me. And they were so seamless. Actually, God was in this too, because Ryan, my initial instructor, my initial instructor was, he wasn't, I don't know what happened. He, I think everything was fine with him, but he couldn't um, be there. So my instructor was, was actually, um, Chris, she was a Christian and she was the manager of the five instructors. So there's five teams, five managers and five instructors under each manager, which is, which is, I like the the hierarchy there. Um, and, uh, I worked with two of the managers and they were both Christian, which God was definitely in that too. And, um, the other, so, uh, what, uh, my manager said she had two dogs picked out, you know, that she was going back and forth, but she's like, she's like, one has a little more oomph and, um, that was, that was valiant. She's like, the other dog would have, you would have, once you gained confidence, you would have been passing (laughs) much too slow. Um, and he is very good. I've been impressed with his personality over and over. Nothing phases him, which I guess is typical for a guide dog or a seeing eye dog. Guide dog would be like a dog from any other foundations except the seeing eye. So okay. that's how that works. I'm so, okay. Yeah. And so, um, but we were, um, by the platform on train, we were on one of our excursions, we were taking a train and she said, you know, it's not unusual for a dog to back up because that's probably wise because they're, you know, just looking out for this huge train. He just sat there. <laughs> um, he's not faced. Um, and again, like little kids, I brought him out and he just sat there just, just watching them and they were jumping all around him and nothing. He's so good. Um, very patient. You know, we've had to learn with each other, definitely, especially after the first month when I got home. That was a diff, that was all transition and it was quite difficult at times. So talk a little bit about that. What was difficult about the transition? Well, getting to know his quirks, I guess, you know, um, and he was testing me and dog distractions were big. I mean, he's getting better. We're still working on that. Some days he's great. Sometimes not so good. He wants to say hi to every dog. <laughs> like, no. So I just had to keep on him. And each time there seemed to be something else that I wasn't doing right or he wasn't doing. Um, but we're much more smooth now. You, um, I know. Um, I don't know what it looked like when you were walking with us. That was one of its better days. That was early on than what it usually, sometimes it would take longer to know its patterns, you know, to get in a set schedule so nothing would happen on the way there. And he would be a perfect gentleman the whole way um, or try to be. 
He's like a little black shadow on the rug. Well, actually a big black shadow. He's 63 pounds, so. Oh. Well, it's been really fun watching watching the transition because I, I know it's had its challenges, but it's it's been really great to see how he's been such a good fit for you. Yeah. And he's brought a lot of energy and life. <laughs> companionship, life. that was very important. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Companionship, yeah, that's another reason. Um, not only, and he's made travel so much better. And, you know, he shows me stores and gets me outside. And, like, there's a lot of construction. He goes around it without, like, any problem whatsoever. I mean, he's a more cautious dog. So he takes a little slower about it. Some dogs just see it and just plow through it. Uh-huh. He's not one of them. So I've also had to learn patience as well. Because he that's his nature is just sizing up the, the obstacle that um, is ahead of him and making sure I see it. And then he goes. Then he goes forward. So I've had to learn to actually slow down for him sometimes. But that's not the uh, that's not a negative at all because that's what he's trained to do. And so I had to slow, I, I, it's good because it's teaching me patience, which I actually needed to work on. So God's working in that too, I'm sure. Yeah, I get impatient with my cat sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting pretty mad at him yesterday. So. Oh, well, so one of the things I love to ask people is yes. if there are any scriptures that were especially close to you during the difficult times and during those times where you were, I guess, maybe feeling frustrated with waiting or just um, worried in any way, what are some scriptures that really minister to you? So I'm taking a Bible study right now, and it's by Jennifer Rothschild. And um, we're studying Psalms 23 right now. But the thing, uh, the um, what piqued my interest most, although Psalm 23 is wonderful, is she also has retinitis pigmentosa. And she actually is, so most people um, who are blind actually have some vision, even if it's just light perception. So, um, but she, I think at the age of 15, she lost her sight. So I think she is either completely blind or very near to it. She doesn't have, um, so that piqued my interest. She's an amazing speaker. And she was talking last week about just resting in the Lord. That, that's been a great study. And she's an amazing speaker. And... She's, she amazes me even more than, I don't know, she's, like, being blind and raising children, I can't imagine. I mean, she has a, I know, you know, but she's done all of that, you know, and she, like, I mean, I can type and see, but, like, she writes whole books just by, you know, her computer. God definitely had a part in that, too. Um, I don't know what he's trying to say quite yet. We're less than halfway through the study. But I hope, I'm sure I'll understand by the, it's only a seven-week study. But 
I mean, I am learning about myself and through that study, but I'm hoping to, you know, know, learn even more through it. Uh, so, and then I, and then during that study, I, um, found a verse again, Proverbs 3, I believe it's 27. For the Lord is your confidence. He will not let your foot slip. And I'm like, that translate to me physically, like not even, you know, emotionally people can slip, but I, you know, I mean, anybody can slip, but I've like, I sprained my ankle because I tripped over a step and he's not going to let me, Valiant's not going to let me do that. So God's every way, companionship, you know, guidance, God's been right there and, you know, Valiant, every, every, like, time I look at him, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. The, this gift is, is, is incredible. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story. I know I'm encouraged. I know everyone who listens is going to be encouraged as well. <laughs> Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hope Unyielding. If you enjoyed this episode, please pass it along to someone who you think it would encourage. To make sure you never miss an episode, hit subscribe or follow the show on Instagram at hope underscore unyielding. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to see you next time.